Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FN Story. I'm joined alongside a co-caster, a manager of all things esports, and a great dude. What's going on, Jacob? What's going on, man? Just find myself. Happy to be here. I've watched so many of these shows, so you know I had to kind of bug you a few times just to get on with myself. <laughs> Hey, it took us, you know, maybe a day or two to figure out a time, but we're here. We're here. Um, I kind of want to go all the way back because I've heard some cool stories about uh, why you signed Ghost Bizzle instead of me <laughs> back in the day. So, you know, I might have been the World Cup champion if you signed me to Ghost, but nah, on a, on a real basis. Uh, you worked for Ghost way back in the day, um, and I would love to learn just what exactly that entailed like how you got started doing that um yeah tell me a little bit about your experience with them all right uh coming to just take a step back from that where i got noticed from them was uh i used to play gears of war competitively some people might know that game the newer generation might not know that game but it was kind of like a niche game it had its own market um just ended this year sadly enough um, but I was a professional player, was never one of the best, but I was definitely one of those guys that kind of played with a friend group rather than just playing with the best players and, and just team hopping. I just played with my friends and we wanted to prove like, hey, friendship is something that, you know, is, is not something that's noticed a lot in video games and, and we're not going to team hop. We're not going to do anything. So it was like the same core people for a bunch of years. But then eventually, you know, push came to shove. I had to kind of call it quits. Um, family got sick and I had to kind of get a job so I wasn't able to dedicate the time to practice and I played one event with no practice and not practicing and then trying to perform is just not fun um, so that's where I, I kind of first took my step back from playing the games myself um, I became a coach and I took a team of, of players that weren't necessarily known for being superstar team more so individuals and we you know ended up getting third consistently third consistently we ended up achieving second but from there, we became known as kind of like the bad boys. And then that team is the one that eventually got signed by Ghost Gaming. Um, nice. As a team uh, organization that was kind of newly being built, nobody knew anything about them. At the time, it was just a hashtag. It was hashtag Ghost Gaming, not even a Twitter ad, nothing. Um, they did have a lot of financial backing, but we, they were kind of wanting to just get a team up and running um, and kind of start performing before anything else, um, essentially. It ended up working out because, you know, we got third that event, like I said, and then kind of making a big splash. From there, I ended up coaching the team. Um, that's when I got my – a year later, I should say, I got my first offer to cast um, the same game, um, nice. Years of War. Um, and that's when I kind of had to make that decision, and do I want to keep coaching and being a part of Ghost, or do I want to take this new journey to cast? Because I've, I've always loved to entertain. I've always loved to speak, as you can tell, like – I'm a class clown type of guy. I, I make a lot of corny jokes. I make a lot of references and phrases that some people may or may not have noticed throughout, you know, FNCS and different broadcasts that I've been on. Um, but those actually liked what I was able to do. They liked that I was actually going to be a caster and stuff. So they just moved me into a manager role. Slowly but surely, I moved up. But then as I kind of went from just managing one Gears of War team, um, they kind of saw the potential. And then that's when Fortnite kind of came in. Um, Big splash, everybody loved it, and it was, you know, myself and Robbie Mead, aka Skull. Some people might know him, but he's like a huge, a huge um, person that I kind of trust in. And him, along with Rob Stamey, who also works with G2 currently, we were kind of like that trio, that trio group. We would bounce ideas off our head. We would pass players around, like, what do you think of so-and-so, so-and-so? So we kind of, like, brought Bizzle's name in, and it was that Fable roster. It was Bizzle, Demo, Enzo, young kid, I still love that guy. 
Um, and then Zamas, a lot of people might not even remember Zamas because he disappeared shortly after. Um, and the other person we were looking at was actually Nosh, who actually went to C9 after. No, 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 sorry, not Nosh. It was Blind. I don't know why I had Nosh in my head. It was Blind who actually went to that Ninja Vegas event. I kind of fast forwarded too far ahead. Um, and it was basically, do we sign Bizzle? Do we sign Blind, who actually saw perform live in an event? We decided to go with Bizzle and the crew. The rest is history. Um, that was a good and choice. That's actually, yeah, it's definitely a perfect choice. <laughs> um, and from there, that's when I think I kind of got the notice of being more than just a gamer, more than just, a, you know, the guy that used to play Gears of War, coach a team, and to kind of manage. So you said a lot there. All right. We got a lot to unpack. First of all. I'm a talker. <laughs> um, so playing Gears, how long were you were you considered, like, where would you put yourself as a Gears player? Um, and how long did you play for? See, it depends on which version of me that you ask, right? If you ask the Gears player me, well, I was the best. I, I was, I, I was, that was the guy. I was entertaining. Like, you know, not that it's necessarily condoned now, but I would kind of get rough, do the long executions on purpose just to get in the other player's head, do some foolish trash talk, not too much profanity, but you know, the, like, you know, the, the childish meme style trash talk. Um, but from there, it's just like. The other version of me, sorry, I kind of brain farted right there. The other version of me, you know, the realistic version, I, I, I would say I was kind of, you know, above average, um, not necessarily that top player on that top team. But like I said, my goal in the game was to achieve some great things. And in person, in, in general, my goal is to achieve great things by being my genuine self. I'm not going to talk to you, team with you, just for the sole purpose of getting something out of you, um, because that's just not who I am. Nice. I can respect that and definitely feel like between our interactions in the past, you genuinely seem like that dude. So that was your first stop. And that was what, probably 2010, um, so 12? I, I, started, I started playing in 2007. Um, didn't really get to travel. 2009, I got to travel. And then I stopped playing, I think you're right, like 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. Um, okay kind of where i stopped playing yeah i enjoyed gears i was never good at that i was always a halo and cod guy so like gears was the third one in that mix up of playing um so i respect it it's definitely a, a very different game and yeah. um one thing you mentioned is Gears shut down it, it was announced this summer that their whole esports scene was basically over and done with uh as a former like I, I don't know much about gears and gears esports but like do you know why and like how how that um, all came to be or even just I, speculation it, it, to me it's like kind of speculation because obviously the logistics around it wasn't necessarily there um i think just what got the game popular and then what you know you know how gaming kind of took a turn at a certain year like obviously the game first came out the franchise first came out 2006 mm -hmm. video gaming wasn't really popular there wasn't you know massive esports there wasn't this big uh, you know amount of money and and notoriety around what the scene is gaming and entertainment um and so what people fell in love with versus what the mainstream media started kind of playing the game i think were kind of the two totally different things so when the coalition kind of took over I think they didn't necessarily know what to build off. So the community was kind of split versus the hardcore fans that were playing versus 
the casual fans that would come in via game pass that would come in versus these other things. And I'm not saying either one was the right turn catering to competitive catering to casual, because people got to remember the competitive is literally a small percentage of what any game actually is. Um, so I'm not going to say what the right move is the wrong move, but it just essentially, I think it just kind of two different turns creating two different games within one split the communities, not really knowing what to do. And then obviously in turn, the game itself is niche. So making a niche game even more niche, I think kind of just hurt it a lot to where it just doesn't make fundamental sense to keep pouring millions of dollars into an esport market that isn't necessarily returning that investment. That makes sense. Um, and what you said there was kind of wild, not in the sense of like the context, but like if I didn't hear that you were talking about gears, I could have sworn that same dialogue could be thrown at Fortnite. Like that it, it same exact thing. Because uh, the same thing about Fortnite, and, and I realized this early, like being the guy that I'm passionate, being competing, esports and stuff, like obviously I want to tell, you know, Fortnite, you know, team up with orgs, team up with the TSMs, the optics, the X sets, the ghosts, team up with those people because there is a massive amount of money. But at the same time, Fortnite has their own vision. They've always had their own vision. And I've always said they are competitive gaming, but I don't think they're necessarily esports. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because you guys got to realize the amount of eyes that are still on Fortnite. Everybody could say viewership is declining, which is, you know, it, there is a case for that. But at the same time, it is still one of the biggest games in the world. It is still doing some massive collaborations. They're still doing some groundbreaking work. And, and I still stand by my statement. I said, you know, years ago, I don't, I don't think Fortnite is even close to coming to an end as long as they continue on their, their same track. And I don't think they need to do esports the same traditional way everybody else does, because at the same time as well, there's more money in Fortnite competitive wise. And obviously for the casuals, cause they do run some third party events for the casuals, the Twitch rivals, there's still so much more money in Fortnite than there is in almost, almost obviously keyword, every other competitive or even esport that's out there. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think for the longest time, everyone was trying to make Fortnite an eSport. And by now, it's obvious that this is nothing like any other competitive game. And if you try to jam Fortnite into, like, it's putting a, a square peg into a round hole. It just, exactly. It's not going to work. And what they've done, it's been super successful. Although, you know, obviously, now there's been a lot of talk about what could or could not have been done over the past little while but i mean that's neither here nor there i don't i have my own opinions i'm sure you do as well but we don't make the decisions so exactly. they're, they're just opinions in that case um but that's interesting to see that there's parallels and i'm sure there's other games yeah. that i mean even call of duty look at people are complaining that they're skill-based matchmaking in call of duty because they don't want to play against people that are equal or slightly around their skill level. They just want to pub stomp people. And yeah. in a sense, that's like catering to the casual fan base versus just going towards that hardcore competitive community. And, you know, that's probably a common theme in esports. It's that we need a lot of people to play these games and then try and turn them into fans of the competitive side. And then also vice versa of like, we have competitive fans, but we also need them to play the game. So we weird and interesting dynamic that gaming is. Um, no, it definitely is. It's, it's, it's definitely a job that, you know, I wouldn't mind doing an epic. What's up? How you, how you guys doing out there? You need somebody to help <laughs> balance competitive. But at the same time, I don't envy the decisions they have to make. 
because at the same time, you know, when they change, you know, just example, I'm just throwing random things out. When they change one gun, you got to realize how that's affecting everything else around it. When they change a build mechanic, there's everything else around it. The game wasn't just created for one style of play. So once you change something, it just changes everything around it. And you got to realize the domino effect that it causes. So that's why I think Fortnite's just in a very, you know, any game, but, you know, Fortnite being as big as it is, um, is just in a very, you know, weird spot to try to please everybody, which is impossible. I think we've all learned that. Yeah. They're in a lose-lose scenario most of the time where someone, actually, no, 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 every time, someone is going to be mad about some decision they make. Dude, like, endless examples of something that seemed awesome, and then you see, you know, a couple of people be like, nah, this sucks, fuck this. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's that's what it is. Um, Yeah. But I I do want to go back. So, in your career, right, you've kind of had these two player coach management and then player coach caster they've kind of both led to these same paths and you're still doing those things so props to you i know that you work a lot just seeing when we were in denmark how much work you had to get done while also casting like that is definitely not easy so shout out to you for being able to balance those things but one management side i'd like to to cover first and where do you see like you're now working for Xset? What is like a kind of daily routine? I, I know there's probably no routine in the world of esports, but what do you do in like a general sense for people to understand? All right, so um, obviously I'm not like a CEO or executive at the company, but I help with like all types of operations from general to esports operations. Um, I help make sure that, you know, when a talent comes in that we gather all the information from, you know, jersey sizing, everything like that. So that way we can send out some sort of welcome package when they have events, they get the right jerseys, the sizing, making sure that, you know, they can get, you know, paid on time with their bank. I'm a large, by the way. And and stuff like that. Um, I can definitely try to get you said something. Maybe <laughs> we can maybe I, maybe I can get you something after this, uh after this recording. Awesome. Um but uh literally I don't want to say I do everything because obviously there's there's a huge team around any organization, but I have my hands in everything. So like I said, you know, welcoming players when we have an activation that comes in when it has to deal with a certain talent, I'm making sure that the activation is going smoothly. The talent knows what they're doing. If there's any questions, any technical setup, something like that, um, it all gets done. It all flows smoothly. Um, I'm point of contact for a lot of our esports and gaming operations and stuff that does go down. So I do have some conversations with different developers, um, different organizations and things like that to make sure that, you know, the game is running smoothly, that we are ahead of track of changes or things that do go on. Um, I moved to Las Vegas for Exit. Um, so on the managing side, I also help our Rainbow Six team. So a lot of people don't know Rainbow Six has a land league in Las Vegas. So we have a team house here with our full team from coaches, to coaching staff to the players. And so I just make sure everything runs smoothly. Sometimes you know, I have to remind them, hey, make sure you guys bring the trash out. Make sure you guys bring the trash <laughs> in. So it's something small like that to something big. And to me, I just it's it, there's an old hex video that always floats around to where he talks about esports is 24 seven. It's 365. You know, if you say no, if you say I can't, somebody else will. And so I've always build my life around that and that's good and bad i will say um because i get calls eight nine ten o'clock sometimes i feel like i don't necessarily 
have that separation from work to what I do. Um, but at the same time, it's because I'm so passionate. I do want to help people. And I do want to make sure, you know, everybody's dreams does have an opportunity to come true because I realize how lucky I am, you know what I mean? Not to spiel into my, you know, personal life. You know, I, I came from being homeless, uh, worked my way up to working at a job like McDonald's. Everybody can say what they want about working there. I feel like that taught me a lot about who I am as a person and what I can achieve in my work life. Wow. I mean, c- congratulations and <laughs> good shit, man. I did not know that about you. Um so I'm glad to see where you've made it. Definitely uh, making some big moves, both in the casting and management side. I- I've worked with uh, Elite Esports for about a year on the back end, doing like operational things like you just mentioned. And I don't think people realize how many pieces just even like doing one thing of content takes and how many moving parts there are so i can only imagine managing a team managing content creators like that welcome package it's not it may seem like oh you could do that in five minutes but to do things right it definitely is uh above and beyond it takes time and it takes a special kind of person and experience within the industry to actually know how these things work because a lot of times you're dealing with content creators, pro players who may or may not have ever had like a quote unquote real job where they don't understand how things work. So not only are you trying to get their, this person to do their job, but you're also kind of teaching these young people how a job works, not even in like a, a sense that you need to show up, but you know, you guys signed this contract. This is what we're supposed to do on a daily basis. This is your requirements. And I know in my experience, things slip through the cracks. People, especially players, they don't necessarily want to do everything that they've agreed to, nor even know what they agree to all the times. So, you know, it's a, it's a weird world because there's no rule book or playbook to follow. And I'm sure you and your experience with ghost has helped you get to being a successful manager at uh, Xset. So is there like any big takeaway that you've found while working in orgs that you think is relevant for like the general population to hear? Like something that maybe I or the audience would not have thought of that goes on that kind of makes it all work? Um, I'm just trying to think just because just like any job, it's it's a very team-oriented style of thing. You have to trust in the team that you build around you to do their jobs. Um, for example, myself, I don't really worry about our social media. We have an incredible social media team at Exit. Um, there are certain reminders, like I also put our, I obviously put our esports events in there, so they know what's coming up on that side of things. Um, there's another, you know, the initiatives that we have with an Exit that obviously we run from, you know. Uh, Women's History Month to I think we're you know doing a lot of other things coming up so make sure you guys stay tuned but um, there's a team of people behind that and so I always try to tell people you know you kind of want to have your eye on different things especially depending on the position that you're in but you also have to have a wild trust not a wild but a <laughs> massive amount of trust in the people that you are working with like you know like I said my, Nate from our social team Cal Mike. All of those guys, they know what they're doing. They wouldn't be here otherwise or at exit otherwise. So you got to trust. And and that's the biggest thing is 
if you don't trust the people that you're working with, just like if you're teaming, if you're don't, not really trusting the people that you're teaming with, there's, there's going to be flaws, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be issues. So you have to find a way to create that trust. And if you can't, you got to figure out a way, you know, what the next steps is, because obviously you're going to be, you know, if you don't trust the people you're working with, you're always going to be second guessing. You're always going to be, you know, looking over your shoulder. Are they getting it done? And then that's going to lose focus on your own job, your own path, and put your own, what you're doing on your own. Yeah. And in my experience, that makes the people that are doing that job perform worse mm -hmm. uh, because they're constantly concerned about pleasing you as opposed to like doing their own job because exactly. it's like now I have eyes on me at all times. I need to make sure I'm doing like what SPG would approve of as opposed to like what that person was brought in for because clearly they did something well in the past to come onto this team and be able to execute on those things. So it's very important to understand that as like, a, I guess a manager of people is to let them succeed. You also sometimes have to let them fail, but be there and try and, you know, pad their falls when, when it happens and help them get back up. Uh, exactly. It's, it's a tough, tough thing, man. Exactly. Like if, if you bring, you know, for example, if you bring a videographer in to kind of make content and do stuff like, you're not gonna tell the videographer the little specifics on how to capture video because you're hiring him for that reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, if you're running a, a videography company and your point is to develop them, then you might kind of do that. But you, at the same time, you just wanna make sure you know that you're just giving them the room to do exactly like what you said, to do their job. Nice, nice. All right, now uh, let's go over to the casting side. So you casted Gears. How long do you cast gears for? Um, 2017 to this year. So what, five years? Um, I casted before that. Um, so I mean, even though I say 2017, that was my first professional contracted um, gig. Um, I did get paid for some community events in the past, but you know, it's, it's it's different when you're doing a community event to when you get signed to MLG to do their big events on their main stage. So um, I would say professionally in that time frame. Okay. Did you ever think that would be like a career path? Because I know for me that like I always would love to have worked in sports and then all of a sudden Fortnite came out and now I'm doing this stuff. But like, what did you think your career was going to be when you were growing up? Um, honestly, if you guys knew me growing up, uh, I was a class clown, but <laughs> I had like stuttering issues in a sense, right? Um, stuttering to get stuff out. Um, sometimes I, I can't necessarily find the right words. So I do have a, a little trouble talking, especially like growing up, but I think I've, I found my comfortability. I found my confidence. I think there's been a few instrumental people like, you know, Blaze, Benson, you know, Fallout, um, golden boy even they've, they've given me tips they've helped cradle me along the way and then when you find that duo like i've had a duo in gears called colin he also had gave me that confidence because like when i say you're trusting that person you're working with i'm trusting this guy to make us both sound good just like he's trusting me to make us both sound good because sometimes when you're in that cast repair and like what is saying how do i how do i work with that like, what, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's it's all about being surrounded by the people you know that uplift you and, and help inspire you so i i honestly would have never have guessed it and for me it was a big risk like i said um with ghost gaming you know they could have easily said no you know if you go to the caster job you're gone you're out luckily for me they believed in me but that was a shot that i believed in myself to take that's cool that's cool um 
and as far as the casting pairs, I think that's super important because we've probably you more than I because you have multiple years of experience beyond me. But you you know when you get a good one, when you get a bad one. And I'm not gonna say like who's who, but like it it's not necessarily that the person's not good at their job, but it's that they don't connect with you or you don't yes. connect with them, and that is so important and. You can just hear when someone is flowing, when someone doesn't even need to be like, yo, now it's your turn to talk. It's just that conversation, and then it feels better as an audience because now the good pairs almost make you feel like you're part of that conversation, and you're just, like, in it. Um, So it's, like, such a high-level technique of the job that no one will tell you. But then you realize as you get further and further into it, some people are really freaking good at that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I think I kind of, you know, like you said, not everybody's necessarily, it's not that they're bad. It's just that that connection. It's just like when you're making a friend out in the real world. You know what I mean? It's not that they're a bad person. It's not that they're boring. It's just you don't mesh. You don't click. So you can kind of feel that in your casting. And I think one of the best examples of what a good duo is, is obviously you know, everybody can agree with Shio and Levin coming oh, yeah. into fncs they were my warm-up you know what i mean being on the west region i okay i started with eu drink my coffee have my breakfast listen to it east i'm getting ready i'm getting dressed i'm taking a shower listening to a monster and sundown at the time okay then by the time i'm ready I'm, I'm warmed up i'm ready to go first season you know i went through takata panda and clay and sundown was in the second season so i kind of like you said I had different caster pairs um, so it, it is different. Um, but at the same time, you know, luckily for us, we, we did get to travel with each other. There was a lot of different coaching that did help us get that familiarity with each other. So you can build that chemistry. But like you said, when you know, the one's the one, it, it's the one. Yeah. And it, it's sometimes like if I'm making a cooking or like an NFL reference and this person hasn't made a meal before, hasn't watched a game of football then, you know, that just goes by the wayside. But, you know, someone that's there to compliment it can dunk that, slam it home, and then it's like, oh, hell yeah, love that. Um, and, you know, I need, to, I need to get Panda watching a little more for, uh, NFL football. That that would really bring it home. Uh, oh, he, yeah. He seems to be the one that I, I, I've meshed with the most, maybe because we live fairly close and I'm helping him move tomorrow. But that's besides the point. <laughs> um is there oh, anyone man, you guys are gonna have fun oh moving sucks it's not gonna be fun but is there anyone that you feel over your career that you've been like a perfect pair with and then also on top of that is there anyone whether it be in traditional sports or esports that you've looked up to as someone not that you've modeled your casting after but that you've seen as like a role model um, so when it comes to like perfect pairs, I would think I, I flowed well with like three different people in my Gears of War career throughout like five years. Um, one of them is obviously like Fallout, but like I've teamed with Fallout when I was competing in Gears. So we had that chemistry before casting. We can, you know, we would Gears of War, but like I said, before all the money, you know, sharing hotel rooms, you know, four or five people deep, me and Fallout, you know, having to sleep next to each other, split the bed. Um, and then, you know, doing it within different games, not just Fortnite. We did Apex. We did something with Alienware that combined six different games in one. 
So to me, that was just kind of like natural buildup over time. It was never necessarily perfect from the start, but it's something that we found our flow. And then a lot of people don't know sometimes in person and then even online when you're when you're talking to somebody, casters develop those hand signals with one another that creates an even better flow with one another to know when somebody's going to stop, when somebody keeps going. Like, you know, if I want to take a drink of water, I'll let you know, like, you know, keep going because, you know, you don't want that dead time. So that worked perfectly. And then obviously the OG guy that got me into it was Blaze. He's obviously doing some great things right now. Just signed to a talent agency. The guy's doing stuff with some League of Legends, Halo. Um, and that's just valuable experience because he's actually the first guy. I talked about those community events. He's the one that gave me the chance to even cast a scrim, even get a chance for those community events. And obviously over time, again, the guy that brings you in, you create that natural chemistry. He was also a teammate. He was a part of my friend group called, you know, Funky Bunch slash Love Octagon. It's an OG name. Like five people will know about it. Um, but and then after that, it's going to be Colin. Colin's actually one of the great guys. He's just a he's just a man with words. Not many people might have had a chance to listen to him commentate, but if you guys do get a chance to listen to him commentate, you guys are going to realize he can just throw something out of thin air, a reference of some sort of metaphor, and it will work 9.9 .9 times out of 10. <laughs> that guy is just talented, and, and he deserves a shot as well. Yeah, hey, that's cool, man. I, I always like to, to hear the one – how people kind of get into this because even with my own career it feels like people helped me along the way and i wouldn't be here if it weren't for those people like for me i i don't know this for a fact but i feel like sundown helped me out ball i know shot my name around a couple places and then monster continues to throw me gigs uh from time to time so like those people are huge and like i'm hoping i can get to a point where i can start doing that for people um unfortunately i'm not there yet but you know one day that's the goal and then exactly. uh, Same here. nice hey i i feel like that we have to do that right as part of the the community and what gaming is it feels like it's you know a group effort essentially to do things and if i wasn't helped along the way i wouldn't be here so it, it feels like it's my duty that i need to do that as much as I can when I can. Um, so just trying, trying to help people and, and it may be throwing someone a gig or it may simply be like, yo, you're, you're saying this a lot. Stop doing that. Or like focus more on specific elements of, of casting. And then you see evolutions in people. Um, so it's interesting, but I, I do want to go, go back. Do you have a role model as like a, a commentator? Um, I think it's kind of changed over time. Uh, like I mentioned, somebody Benson, a lot of people remember him from CDL. Um, he had a very hype style, but the thing to me is he was one of the few people that actually sat down with me, gave me feedback. Like I used to have a problem like swaying back and forth when I'm standing still. I mean, I still have the problem now, but it used to be a real bad problem being on stage. Can you imagine me on camera? Yeah, man, <laughs> this guy's this guy's doing so good, right? And so like, he kind of gave me the advice, you know, plant your feet, spread them out a little bit, stand like a trunk and, you know, tree trunk. And then just kind of like, you know, you plant yourself and you command that stage presence. And I, and I think him, and then obviously, you know, with Blaze giving me that first opportunity and then fall, it's like those three right now, Fallout as well to where Fallout still will text me, yo, I threw your name into a hat or yo, Fallout was actually one of the people that I think, you know, I, I didn't graduate college. I didn't even go to college, um, even attempt. Um, like I said, when my family got sick with competing in games, I had to make money for the family. Um, so he was one of the guys that 
would always push me to go back to college. Um, even though I never did, he still tells me to this day, it's, it's one of the greatest investments for your future. There are certain companies to, you know, if you want to achieve great things, they won't hire you without it. And that's somebody to where even though I didn't necessarily listen to him, I can see that he was looking out for my best interest and still does to this day. Damn, that's awesome. I, I didn't know Fallout. Like, I, I've worked with Fallout. He's a great guy to work with. I didn't know, like, he's he's that guy that's always, yeah, you know, trying to push you. Exactly. He's 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 that guy, and I can see why he's getting all the blessings and in the position he's in today. That's cool, man. And so now you've kind of shifted over to Fortnite. So that was, like, Gears section of Jacob PR. Um, and then... Fortnite, I know you said you played the game a lot, but like when was one of those first opportunities of you working an event and realizing like, damn, I could do this? Um, see, I, I same with gears. When I first started casting gears, I just casted playing with my friends. I'm dead. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm casting over them. They're telling me to shut up. I'm saying <laughs> no, because this is a big moment. We're about to win the game and I'm just trying to hype it up. Um, so for me, I didn't get that moment you know what i mean i went to the first Fortnite events as a manager i talked to the people um i tried to figure it out they were telling me just kind of do it and so i was doing it but you know what i mean i wasn't getting opportunities so what i did is i created my own opportunity um i worked with the college the university of louisiana monroe we worked with their athletic system and i put on an event for them i did the production i brought my co-caster calling out i was able to get him paid so i created my own opportunity to kind of get my first reps and then from there, I think kind of knowing few people throughout the industry, letting them know how passionate I was about Fortnite. I got another opportunity with like Nerd Street Gaming. I got an opportunity with um, Monster Deface also gave me an opportunity um, before FNCS here and there. Um, G2, I think, was one of the biggest ones as well. Um, casting their Get the Cash Cup that was sponsored by like Adidas for like 20K. And then we did like a viewing party for an FNCS. Um, so I didn't necessarily get that opportunity. I made my own opportunities and that's I think a lesson that everybody can kind of learn in life in general, you know what I mean? You're not always going to be given an opportunity. Um, and even in competing, somebody isn't just going to pick you up. You got to create your own opportunities, create your own moments, create, create your own destiny, essentially. Yeah. Respect to that. Uh, I feel that I used to just sit there, do viewing parties and cast end games by myself, um, which I know you've been doing again recently yep. for the fun. divisional cup. So the grind does not stop for <laughs> Jacob continuing to go respect man um now creating opportunities as far as putting on that event have you is that something you want to do more of like create productions and do things like that because that's a whole nother side of this that is different than the management you talked about or even the casting because even as a caster like you have a very small role in an in an entire production of a tournament um, I want to do everything. Like, I know that sounds <laughs> stupid. I, I want to do everything. I, like I said, I produce my own event. I work with bigger events as a producer. Like I said, when Nerd Street, when Valorant first came out, I was able to produce an event for us as Exet, um, produce an event for the community um, and do stuff like that. So I'm not going to say it's like my main goal, my main focus, but at the same time, I, I want to do everything. I, wa I want to help change people's lives from entertaining them to you know helping them on the behind the scenes style of things so you know recently you know i've been he, he doesn't know it by the way he, he doesn't know what i'm trying to do but I'll, I'll leak it here i don't know if he watches this or not but batman booga i'm trying to 
upload your TikToks, bro. Like he's a very entertaining kid. He might need to clean up himself with his language. He might need to look at the bigger picture. But I mean, we were all young before. We, you know, you're in that moment. You're in that. So I'm trying to push not just him, but a lot of these different individuals to just do more, achieve greater things, learn things at a young age, and just kind of unlock their potential as early as possible. Yeah, that's that's a tough thing to do because I remember just speaking for myself as a young kid, I would have told you to fuck off. Like I just <laughs> I get that a little bit. <laughs> I get that a little bit. Like I just want to play video games. I'm good at it. Leave me alone. Like let me just play video games. But at the same time, what you're doing is invaluable for a Batman Booga because he is very good at the game and he already has some sort of presence on social media and just fostering that a little more and churning all that content would help him become more than just a Fortnite player, which is unfortunately what a lot of Fortnite players are. They're just a Fortnite player. And I, I wish for, for these kids that they would realize what is going on because one day Fortnite's going to dry up or one day they're going to get washed and not be able to win anymore. So what are you going to be able to do when that's over? And it really depends on what they're able to do in the moment when, you know, all eyes are on them. So shout out to you for, for doing that. Is there any like more advice that you would give to, you know, a general Fortnite player that you think would be helpful to them in their career? Two things, two things. First one is, is surround you. You have to surround yourself by like-minded people that want to grow, that want to grind and want to succeed. A lot of people use the term like, hey, I'm grinding and they're just playing Fortnite. And it's like, okay, you're not grinding. You're playing Fortnite. (laughs) There's a a huge difference of what people can actually be achieving. Um, Even in scrims, these guys aren't necessarily grinding if they don't have the right focus and plan and stuff going forward because then you're just playing scrims. You're just playing Fortnite in a different way. Um, So for me, the biggest thing is surround yourself with the right people. So many times I go into these streams and People are, are, you know, talking to each other a certain way and, and acting a certain way, even off camera. And it's like that might be how you interact and how your friend group interacts with one another. But you also got to think deep down when push comes to shove, it does that change up when you want to do something to succeed. So you got to surround yourself with these people that are going to help you set these goals and help you achieve those goals, even if they're not helping you personally. If they're grinding as hard as you, that's motivation for you guys to succeed. And then kind of the second thing, you know, I would tell a lot of these people is just use me as an example, man. Um, I, I feel like I wasted a lot of my time in the esports scene, um, not growing myself and not doing the right things for myself. I've had all the greatest advice to all these people from streaming to making content, from even contracts to, to things to look out for, you know, incentives, milestones. There, there's so many outside of the box thinkings, but I've also I've also failed. You know what I mean? Um, just now I've started releasing TikToks and doing little things here and there, but I've, I should have did that 10 years ago when I started in esports. You know what I mean? So use me as an example because if you guys are 13, 14, 15, 18, even 19, because I'm much older, um, do what you need to do now. Set yourself up. And even if you don't know what you want to do, do general things. Just like in, you know, when you're going to school, take your general courses in college. They, even if you don't know what you want to major and get that out of the way. So when you do figure out yourself, figure out what you want to do, figure out the game plan, the content in your life. When you figure it out, you're not starting from scratch right then and there. I mean, like I am when it comes to like content, branding, building my socials, building myself. Um, so just, it's very, very important to just do the boring, do the hard work now. So it's easier later on. In life. 
That's very important. And one of the things I always try and tell people, like I'm not by any means the biggest content creator, but I've had some success as a content creator. Just do it, man. Like so many people are afraid to like just make that first step. And I swear no one cares what your first videos look like. I went on my YouTube. I actually did this when uh, Fortnite was down the other day. And my first videos. So I got a couple gameplay ones where I just look like an absolute bot. Like it was just literally a clip that I grabbed from my PS4 and put on YouTube. And then the like first kind of, I guess, next level of content was me. I got unknown to join my game and we did an interview while playing the game. I called it hot drops with somebody's gun. Not a good idea. Uh, that was like my first iteration of doing a podcast. And the name now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, okay. Um, and you just didn't have a good conversation because you were focused on playing the game. And most of the conversation was around the game and not around anything outside of what was happening. So Scratch that. Decent idea. Didn't work out in practice. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are bad things that you're going to do in your career. But I, I always like to tell myself you can't have a good video without a bad video. Right. Mm -hmm. There's not going to always be the best thing in the world. And eventually shit's going to hit the fan. It's going to go wrong. And like that's part of life. I'm, I'm very happy. I like the way you said that, though, because it's part of life simply because. Uh, not to cut you off, but no, I, I kind of think I think of life like that, right? Good days, bad days, happiness, sadness. You you wouldn't know your happiest moments if you didn't feel you know those sad moments every now and again. You got to take the highs with the lows in life and gaming and everything. So I'm I'm just right there with you, just on a on a spiritual level. <laughs> yeah, there there was uh, moments in my sales career that definitely helped me prepare for this, because working in sales like. 99% of people are going to tell you no, and it's going to be quote unquote a failure. But at the same time, like it's not really a failure. You actually put in effort and you've tried, right? And mm -hmm. so you just keep trying until it works. And sometimes, you know, it, it's, you're going to get told no along the way. You just got to learn to deal with that. Um, but that is a, a big piece of my previous career that has helped me in this one. It's just shooting your shot all the time and trying to figure out, hey, when is the right moment or how do I get better at shooting my shot, um, especially when it comes to getting casting gigs because there's no formal process for that stuff. Like you just no. – I don't even know. There's like no way to explain how that all works. It's like darts at a dartboard. It's like, all right, come on. Let's let's land this one and you just got to wait <laughs> and just kind of see what happens there at the end of the day. So I'm right there with you. Just It's, it's very important that – People do get in a habit of trying, right? A failure is only really a failure if you don't get back up and, and try again, all right? You know what I mean? You, you tried to ride a bike. You fell off, all right? What would you do? Did you just never ride a bike again? No, you got back up. You tried again. As a baby, you're walking. You stumbled. You fall. What would you do? Just lay on the ground, never move again? No, you got back up. You tried again, even though, I mean, it was comfortable on the ground. No, all jokes aside, but you just, you just have to have effort right and that's why i think it's very very important to go back to what i said earlier about surrounding yourself with the right people because they're also going to give you a round of applause man at least you try they're going to give you feedback they're going to help you grow they're going to help you learn you just got to make sure that 
those people have very, very similar goals. They don't have to be exact. You guys don't all have to have achieve 100K on TikTok, 1,000 subscribers tomorrow, you know what I mean? But you have to have the same goals in order to, in terms of working, in terms of building yourself. And some of the most valuable friends are the ones that'll tell you when, sh when, when something's terrible and give you honest feedback about stuff, even sometimes when you don't ask for it. Because a lot of people, it's very easy to be like, yeah, you did great and just leave it at that. But, you know, you got to understand yeah. one, how to give that like valuable feedback without sounding like a dick. Cause it's very easy just to like, yo, Jacob, you sucked there. Like that was not good. Let's not do that again. But there's also a way to be like, you did this, maybe try doing something else. Like there's a way to properly provide that and understanding to have those people in your life. And then also try and be that person for your friends is is key as well yeah because i i could tell everybody now one of the biggest feedbacks that i kind of see receive and you guys might go back and watch it on camera is like the confidence thing and so i i'm in the same boat of a lot of players man i struggle with confidence too i mean i think a lot of us out there might struggle with confidence but i think i am building my confidence now like i said i wasted 10 years of my life in esports i could have done this 10 years ago and that's why i always urge kids now do it now like same thing you said, go watch my old YouTube videos. Uh, I, I, you can see a green screen here, right? Cause I'm trying to do something for the viewing parties and stuff, but I had a sheet from Walmart. You know, you can buy those fabrics. I have a sheet yeah. from Walmart, had my shoes in the background, kind of like trying to display them and stuff. It looked like the most budget thing you will ever see in the world. But to me, I tried, I tried, right? I let that kind of discourage me and I really regret those moments discouraging me. But guess what? I, I, I tried to do something. You know what I mean? I, I learned a lot. And now that I'm picking it back up, I'm picking it where I left off. I'm not necessarily starting from scratch. And a great example, I think, of that is like a stable Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo created a brand off of having a shitty mic. And he went and got a better mic and everyone was like, no, what the hell are you doing? Go back to that headset mic because we can actually understand what you're saying and your mic doesn't peak all the time. So it's, it's not even necessary to have like the best everything in the world, because if you know, you're good at what you do, people will appreciate that regardless of whether or not you sound perfect on a microphone. No, I, I agree with you because everybody starts from somewhere. Everybody starts at a different spot and everybody reaches the finish line at a different time. So everybody has to be sure to not necessarily compare yourself with others. It, it's, in, in the sense of success, I should say. It's, it's very, very important to have that level of comparison to kind of learn, like I said, from other people's, like, oh, where am I at? What are, you know, where are they at? How is it working for them? How is it working for me? But it's not, it's never will be one for one in most cases. So you need to have the awareness to kind of look without, but you also need to realize your path and journey is not going to be the same. And, and the best thing I can say is like, look at some of the, the kids in Fortnite, right? You've had some of those people that had very much success very, very early on that aren't necessarily finding that success now. But you also have those people that didn't find success early on, but they're finding that success now. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Everybody can have their different speculations as to why, but I think everybody just has a different path and is going to achieve success as long as they stay passionate and on their goal. All right. We went on, on a very pre preachy tangent there. I like it, though. I, I think it's valuable. <laughs> I talk a lot. Nah, you're good, man. Um. I think it's valuable as two of us as like older quote unquote people in the, the scene is to, to share some of those insights and experience and hopefully some people listen and help somebody. But 
let's let's go back uh, now to talk about Fortnite and the future. We have a ton, like a ton of things coming up. One is the biggest event since the World Cup in the Invitational. Week after that, we have DreamHack Atlanta, which just got announced for $100,000. Then we have DreamHack Sweden or DreamHack Winter, which is another $100,000 solo tournament for Fortnite. So there's a lot going on. And, you know, I would just love some raw, what is going on? Like, how do you feel about all this? Like, what do you think? Ooh, I love it. First, let me just say I absolutely love it. But I, I bring myself back to, I, I still to this day don't know where I read this, right? I, I don't know where I read this line that I'm about to say, but I know I remember reading a long time ago when COVID kind of started and everything was kind of getting shut down that Epic was waiting till fourth quarter 2022 to run lands, right? Guess what it is? Fourth quarter 2022, they announced the Invitational. And I think this is a huge kind of test for Epic. Uh, on so many different levels, you know, our lands worth it. Can we provide a safe land? Can we provide so many different things? Is it valuable? Is it X, Y, Z? Can we, can we do this again? Right? So I think that they started off perfect. And I think that's the reason why, I mean, they kind of stated it by their focus is on the invitational um, to there is no FNCS and people can, like I said, they're going to complain about it. Right. And if they're looking at the small picture, they have all the right to kind of complain about it. You know what I mean? Their FNCS was taken away, whatever, after, you know, whatever you want to complain about. But it's for the big picture is we're having lands. We're, we're, Epic is trying to put their effort into the land so that way we can have more lands. And a lot of people got to realize, like, DreamHack wouldn't happen if it, they didn't have Fortnite's permission. You know what I mean? Yeah. So more lands mean things are moving in a progressive way. And some people, I saw some comments about them happening, you know, one after another, after another. Okay. It is to me a little too soon after the invitational, but at the same time, it's an open land. X amount of people get to go to the invitational. Everybody has a chance to go to the land. Right. And then you got to think Atlanta and Sweden, those are two different regions. So you got to view them as regional lands, right? And even though it is open, the people from EU can come over here, we can go over there. It's, you got to think of it as a regional land, which is why they're so close together because DreamHack hosts many games, not just Fortnite. So I think this is a huge success and it's a huge step forward. And even though it is only $100,000 from DreamHack, you guys got to realize this is just a small step forward for what I think is going to be massive plans for 2023. Because I personally, you know, from being a part of, different companies from producing from being a player to where i am now i just don't see the logic of epic putting a million dollar tournament you guys got to realize the production costs that go behind a million dollar tournament if there wasn't greater plans for 2023 and the future because you got to remember what i said is i don't think esports are sorry i don't think fortnite's going away anytime soon yeah and there's a, a lot that goes on and i think one of the favorite things that you just said that I took away was you have to think of them as regional events, even though there's going to be people online that are like, wow, Booga didn't go to the invitational Atlanta and Sweden, but like he doesn't necessarily have to. And there are going to be people that have those takes of like, you're a pro Fortnite player. You have to go to every single one of these events. But at the same time, not really. Like, to think of the logistics, I was just talking to Panda about this yesterday. Say you don't live in North Carolina. You have to fly to North Carolina, fly home, get your PC, and then either drive to Atlanta or ship or fly with your PC to Atlanta. Then you would have to fly home. 
then do the same thing flying your PC or renting one in Sweden. It can be done. Yes, it can be done. But at the same time, it is 100% not necessary. And until you said that, I don't know. I probably would have been one of those people of like, damn, all Fortnite players should go to all these events. Otherwise, you know, you're wasting an opportunity. But if you're in NA, yes, you should go to the Atlanta one. Yeah. If you're in Europe, yes, you should go to Sweden. Other than that, I can't necessarily say anything. And we can't really look at them on like a, a global event stage, which I do hope we get more of next year. And that's what you are alluding to is it seems I, like this I is think, all in build yeah. up. Exactly, because like I said, I don't know, and and maybe I dreamed the statement. Like I said, maybe because I, I can't find tangible proof of seeing it anywhere about Epic starting to host lands again in uh, fourth quarter twenty twenty two. But if that statement is correct that I read a long time ago, then it makes sense that it's just you know you got to you got to relearn to walk. Just like if you know I'm I'm not saying any accident happened, but if you get into an accident, you know what I mean. You got to relearn. You got to go through physical therapy. You got to you know take your time before you can run and, and end up where you were at before, where we were at the World Cup stage. So I think it's very, very important that everybody in Fortnite, you know, from competitive to casual, if you like Fortnite, if you have a passion for Fortnite, even just a little bit, that you figure out a way to progress the game because all that's going to do is progress your own opportunity. And we know that there, there's not a massive production team on the Fortnite side, like, they are also they just hired a few people like think about hogman's position there is a couple other hires on like the esport competitive side this year so to throw them into like hey what's up we just hired you you may or may not have ever done anything like this before we're gonna host a hundred million dollar world cup and then uh yeah you're responsible for five ten million dollar tournaments it's like what that makes no sense. So, like, to do something like this and build up and then to work with DreamHack because they've had that relationship for the past three years of being pretty much the premier, like, third-party tournament organizer in Fortnite um, and seeing them host. Now this is the fourth LAN event this year because we had Sweden already, we had Dallas, and now two more to come in November. It'll be interesting. I, I, I can't wait to see it. And I'm super excited for what next year holds. I know sometimes it may seem like gloom and doom on Twitter while everyone's like, Fortnite's dying, Fortnite content's dying. And then you realize the community is going to come together at these events. People are going to watch this and it's only going to build closer friendships, community, and hopefully fandom as all this takes place. Yeah, and I, I think everybody still has to do their part, though, and, and that doesn't exclude, you know, you know, Fortnite themselves necessarily. You know what I mean? They still have to give everybody a reason to play. They still have to give everybody a reason to be excited, and not only on the competitive level, because like I said, that's just a small percentage, a minute amount of the people that actually play the game. Um, I know Clicks does have a ton of viewers and stuff like that, but I, I can guarantee you those guys aren't necessarily full-on competitive, and they're not necessarily there for competitive gaming. They're there for the entertainment that Clicks does provide. Um, and a lot of these people got to realize, you know, even Clicks started from scratch. You know what I mean? He's achieved some great things, and you got to give him the props and the respect that he deserves. But who's to say that couldn't be, you know, Batman Booga? Who's to say that couldn't be the next up-and-coming player if they just tried? That's one thing I'll always keep praying. Just, just try. Just try. You never know what can happen because I've had my life changed by video games and esports in ways that I would have never imagined. And, and just a funny story, just a quick funny story real quick. And I think this will be great. 
in 2019, right? I was managing Ghost Gaming. Snood had his spot in Twitch Rivals. He got sick. He was so sad, and he let us know he couldn't go. And I was telling him, like, I, I, I honestly don't care if you can't go as long as you are getting better. Worry about your health. Worry about yourself first because Fortnite and video games will be here. He couldn't go. You know I mean? We, we, we did what we need to do on our end of the business. Uh, Twitch Rivals hits me up. You want to play? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm ready to play. You know what I mean? Why not? I pick up sheep. I pick up sofa. You know what I mean? Um, I'm feeling sick the day of. That's a whole separate conversation. And I'm like, oh, don't know what I'm going to do. My head's down on my desk. We end up playing actually pretty well. You know what I mean? First game, we didn't qualify. Second game, we ended up actually, I think, qualifying the second or third game. I don't remember how many there is. And you can see my Gears Award come out of me. I'm just a manager. Y'all suck. I just got stuck in the moment. I'm hyped up, whatever. But the, the point of that story to me is I just tried. I got an opportunity. And the re what came of that to me was I was able to, with my winnings, buy a, an engagement ring for my fiance. was able to propose. was able to get engaged. So when I tell you guys Fortnite, video games, and esports, in the right way grinding in the right ways can change your guys's life you know what i mean I'm, I'm getting you know getting married you know what i mean i was able to provide a beautiful engagement ring for somebody that i'm going to spend the rest of my life with and just imagine if you know you may not spend it on a ring you're spending it on a whole new setup revamping your content xyz you know what i mean and you guys just need need to try man just just use me as an example of both successes and failures to just try congratulations by the way Thank That's you. an awesome story. You said it was funny. That was more just like heartwarming than funny. Uh, but it's a cool story. Uh, all right. Let's wrap this up. We covered a lot. We're at uh, about an hour. So thank you. Appreciate your time as always, Jacob. Um, definitely some helpful insights. And I'm sure we could continue to talk for many more hours. If, uh, say, if, you, want the, if you want the part two, let me know. Yeah, we'll run it back. We'll run it back. We're starting to get to like that point of the FN story where I'm going to have to start running it back um, with some people because there's a lot of these conversations that I have where I'm like, wow, I, I wish I had more time to talk to them and learn more about what was going on. So first of all, thank you. Got a couple of wrap-up questions. Um, I can guess where the Jacob part of your name comes from, but where does uh, the PR come from? Uh, all right, so the PR and you know the kind of MVPR is the PRs. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, I'm Spanish. Um, for most of my life, I thought I was 100% Puerto Rican, but you know I figured out you know last year that was a lie. Um, but <laughs> I'm basically just proud of who I am. I'm proud to be Puerto Rican, and I just wanted to play Xbox Live at the time, so I was just like, it's PR. Simple. And then the MVPR is like. Uh, we had a friend group, like I said, Funky Bunch, uh, Love Octagon, to where we played Gears of War. I would do nothing in a round. I wouldn't get a point. I wouldn't shoot at anybody. We'd win the round. Uh, Jacob's MVP. Don't worry about it. <laughs> MVPR. Uh, I like that. That's a cool cool story behind your name. Um, next, what is your favorite Fortnite skin? Um, oh, For the longest time, I, I used the Nike Jordan skin. I'm a, I'm a huge guy from shoes. Um you can kind of see him in the background and and i know you were there in denmark when i brought like six different pairs of shoes one for every single different day um i i don't buy them resale i buy them all retail and if i'm just a guy just i, I like that skin because of nike and because of jordan it's gotta be one of my favorite. red one to be exact okay cool cool and i know you alluded to it but uh what, what do you got coming up next jacob what's going on with you and uh where can people find you give yourself a shout 
Um, I'm just to me grinding uh, content TikToks. I'm doing the elite cups on my Twitch. So make sure you guys check those out mainly for the rest of region, unless other people wanted me to do other regions. But I, I just love the West region. They are like me. There's so much potential. It just needs to be unlocked. Um, you guys can kind of find me. The main thing is my Twitter at Jacob underscore MVPR. That's what I kind of use, even though I have all these other social medias. But if you guys are watching this and you guys are some sort of production person, you guys can go to jacobpr.com, which has all my socials, which has my casting reel, which has a lot of the people I work with from activations to developers to teams. So make sure you guys check that out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. Really appreciate it. If you guys are watching uh, on YouTube, that's his Twitter at right down below his name, or it's in the description. You want to check that out as well. Uh, You'll be able to find the rest of his socials from there, but thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you joining me. me. And thank you guys for listening at home. It's always a pleasure to chat with people, but I, I always appreciate all the people that get to this point in the episode so thank you guys if you have any complaints comments concerns want to tell me i'm awesome go ahead shoot me a dm on twitter at somebody's gun thank you guys so much really appreciate it we'll see you next time peace